Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And good afternoon, race fans. You are listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. And with this weather, they are definitely not open uh, today. They could have been open last Saturday where we had sunny skies and it was pushing 70 degrees, if not 70, but not today. And i also like to thank our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers for their support of the show. It's a big show today. It is our annual Daytona 500 show. We'll be uh, talking mostly NASCAR today as we do, and, and we do that periodically throughout the uh, throughout the year. We do an Indy 500 show at the end of May, of course, and uh, but today it's Daytona, The as uh, Ken, Ken Squire used to famously call it, the Great American Race, and joining me in studio today is Tony DeZeno, who joined us last week. Thank you for joining us again, Tony. Yeah, Z-Man, and it's uh, stages. You know, we had uh, stage one last week was uh, sunny in 70s or yes. 50s, and stage two today is back to 20s in snow and uh, awful, typical February weather here. But yes. uh, happy to be here. And uh, I guess from the big show, Jeff Orlowski was coming in all nice and tanned. He was in Mexico last week. How, how, how did that work out for you? Oh, it was nice. It was nice. Uh, went down with uh, my wife and three kids, and then while I was down there, six of my friends came. So spent most of the week with the family, but got a couple days off to uh, party with the amigos. Now, I, I as as I'm one of these people, I've I've taken only like one vacation like that in 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 the last twenty some years. Now is the honeymoon, and and even that we worked in uh, the Daytona uh, qualifiers. <laughs> and, and, and so I mean. But uh, so tell me, what does one do on a vacation like that other than just drink and chase kids, I guess? That was about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I offered to take the kids swimming with the dolphins. You know, there were tons of snorkeling. You know, there's tons of stuff to do. Uh, all the kids wanted to do was hang out in the pool, which was fine with me because the pool bar was right there mm-hmm. and you can't go wrong. So we didn't do a whole lot besides hang out at the pool. Now, d- does it have one of those swim up bars? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, do you actually have to swim up to the bar, or can you walk up to the bar? No, you can walk up. Okay. You know, the water was just over belly button height, so it was nice. It was nice. Made it easy getting in and out of there. Now, is this one of these where everything's paid for already? Yeah, all-inclusive. Oh, man. So it it was fantastic. The only you know the only way they get you is since you can't bring suntan lotion and stuff like that on the plane, they they hit you real bad for that in the little shop. Ah. But besides that, you know, everything is... But with all inclusives, the food isn't all that good. And I've been to like, oh really yeah like three of them now, and 
the, like Golden the, Corral type good? No, not not even that. Not even that good. Not, not even that good. Oh, I got to rethink this. It's rough, but it's cheap. It's cheap, so you know. I guess you get what you pay for. I'm not a, a foodie per se, but I do. I mean, I'm a little bit persnickety. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a big thing. You know, usually rather, usually breakfast, you know, is safe anywhere, but the yeah. sausage didn't taste like normal sausage. So you know, breakfast was toast and a huge uh-huh. mound of bacon. <laughs> well, the, Maybe, the bacon's not a bad thing. That's, yeah, no. that's fine. It was so. burrow. It was burrow sausage. That's why it tastes a little different. <laughs> mm. Could have been. It, of course, it is the Daytona 500, and the 59th annual Daytona 500. And then uh, we had qualifying on Sunday. Chase Elliott and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, are on the front row, and I guess that went against script, didn't it? We were supposed to have been dealing our junior. We were thinking about this last week, you know, the uh, the Daytona 500 pole sitter story tradition unlike any other here in recent years with Danica Patrick, Jeff mm-hmm. Gordon, uh, Chase Elliott last year. I, I believe there was a fourth one, Austin Dillon in there as well Boy with Allen. a three-car coming back. So my money was on Daniel Suarez or Dale Earnhardt Jr., it, Made sense. And which made sense. And then Dale Jr. goes out and he's second, you know, right at the end there. We think he's got it. We think he's got it. And then Chase Elliott puts one down. And he's probably apologizing for it because that's what Chase Elliott does. He's, you know, he's even as good as he is, he always find thinks, Oh, I could be better. Or well, it wasn't me in this case, it was Alan Gustafson, his crew chief, who has now go figure one three straight, they throw a five hundred poles. And then uh, Thursday, of course, was the qualifiers, and we'll be talking more with w- about that with uh, Dennis Michelson coming up here after the break. But it, it's, I I don't know, just in a nutshell, I, I just wasn't that thrilled about the qualifiers, even though I, if you listen to NASCAR radio on Sir, you know, Sirius and some of these other people, you know, they're all, yeah, it was great. I just thought it was, eh. I, I preferred the clash. I think with the, the clash, clash was, I, I think the better. clash well, for two reasons. One, the clash being on a Sunday race makes it more considerable and more close to what the conditions will be on Sunday. Changing track conditions, the way the handling cars will fall off, what have you, that you can actually replicate that. Whereas at night, you know, it's darker. You're not. It, it's a cooler temperatures mm-hmm. out. It, there's not going to be the same carryover transition. We, you know, it, it seemed it, it seemed different this year because neither one of the the dual races I thought had much had much going for it. Whereas I thought the clash had a lot going for it. In a, in a shorter, roughly shorter time. And, and Jeff, I think you might agree with with this with uh, on this one. It seems like with the with the twin races, there's always one with a lot of wrecks, and then there's one that's ca- kind of clean, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it was like that this time. You know, the the first race was for the most part fairly boring, and then uh, and then the second one, the the action heated up a little bit, but. Even that wasn't that exciting. No, it wasn't. Well, there was one the one bit of controversy though about the guy making the field uh, with Corey LaJoy and the Reed Sorensen yeah. thing, and that was that was a tough blow for for Reed and, and that team. And you know, for a guy like Corey LaJoy, very limited in actual Cup plate experience to see what he did trying to get in. I mean, that was that was that was deep. That was detailed. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. Well, and we'll certainly talk with uh, Dennis about that coming up here after the break. Uh, it's going to be a full show. We're gonna, after the break, we'll talk to uh, Dennis Michelson, and then uh, in, in the second half hour, we're going to have Sparky's take. Sparky's actually going to call into the show, and then we have a uh, fun thing we're going to do is Daytona 500 picks. I've kind of pulled a lot of the uh, personalities here at the station and got their picks instead of you know we 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 always do picks on the show, and like with a lot of shows and that, they, they, they're kind of lost after the show. But nobody really follows up. This one, we're going to document them, 
and we're, we'll, we'll put them on Twitter and the there, Facebook there is page. Paper. There's so, actual so, pen and paper so in the, the studio with numbers. The listeners out there can ridicule us uh, next week when we come in so so often. When somebody like uh, uh, Landon Castle wins. Watch Cole Witt pull it off. <laughs> Cole Witt has looked pretty strong in that car, con- considering the, the, the money in, involved with that operation and that. He's looked pretty good for what he's for what he has there. So I was happy with, with his performance this week. But it should be a fun show then. After, we'll talk a little bit of uh, IndyCar Silly Season with Tony on top of the hour, and, and then uh, we're, we're going to hold off on Dennis and Lori until the final half hour of the show, the pre-recorded bit that we do with them, and it should be a lot of fun listening to that. So uh, we'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll have Dennis uh, Dennis Michelson, who's in Schaumburg, Illinois. We'll talk more about that from Race Talk Radio coming up here. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway, and along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. We're going to hold off on Dennis, because he is in Schaumburg, Illinois, in a big convention center, and he's on the opposite end of where he needs to be. So we're going to let him get over to the Great Lakes Dragway display, and we're going to talk to some of our friends there in a little bit. We'll talk to him after the bottom of the hour. Meanwhile, we're going to talk about <clears throat> a, a sad state, a, a death in the family. Yes, it's jayski.com. Born back in the mid-90s when the internet was in its infancy, and it was a place where NASCAR fans could gather and talk, and now it's been turned into a big corporate coffee shop where nobody knows you. It's just so sad. And I, I posted something on Dennis's uh, timeline, and he said, oh, come on, let up. It's not that bad. I, it's, 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 it, here, here, here's, here's, here's my my opinion in a nutshell what happened it's jayski was a great site because it was the first one to come on the scene and gathered all the information you needed in one stop it was the walmart of the internet or the racing web pages at the time you know it wasn't fancy you didn't get your you know it wasn't meant to get your best suit there but it was great to pick up groceries and whatnot you can get in and out it was convenient and unfortunately, it's ESPN bought Jayski a few years ago. It might have even been more than a few years ago, but they kind of left it alone. And now they finally kind of taken it over, and I guess you could say streamline it, Tony, into the ESPN how the rest of their websites look. And it, it it's there's a lot of stuff happening in NASCAR and whatnot. But what was nice was you had a, a landing area, and then you could go into whatever room if you wanted to go look at the the Xfinity series or truck series or whatnot, you know, boom, you, it was easy to navigate. And unfortunately now it's not, uh, pretty much nailed it. I, I think there's the history is an interesting point. And me coming out from, you know, starting 
starting the internet viewing really in, in the ni- mid to late 90s, you know, 96, 97, mm-hmm. 98, you remember there'd always be the paint schemes and they'd be posted on right. Jayski. And even for, for retro pieces, you'd go back in time, see what's on there, and, it you know, say if something hasn't happened, especially now with the, the retro paint schemes at the Southern 500 weekend, now you can look back and maybe teams are channeling things from the 90s. But anyway, one of the challenges with, and since my full-time work is in website work and in site design, Stuff has to be searchable. Stuff has to, and the website has to be uh, have easy navigation. And the second you integrate, the second you mess with that and make it harder for your readers and your audience to to find things, that that hurts and that affects things. And that's unfortunate, but it's also part of the overall corporate process that, in this case, comes with with this acquisition. So. Um, it, I think it's unfortunate. I hope it. I hope it doesn't lose the accessibility that that made it great. Because I, I would, you know, it's it, that's just it. You know, if you go for results, if you go for standings, if you go for owners' things, stuff that it, stuff that's easy to read, stuff that is easy to find, easy to navigate. That's what makes websites work. And I think if you lose that, you lose what makes it special. And, and I, I think one of and, and I, I understand why. And what they did and everything sure. else. I mean, working with uh, John Wiedemann, who taught me a lot about website setups and whatnot with his group, the Devon Group and whatnot. The number one thing you want to do with a website is ease mm-hmm. and it makes sure it works. Nothing more frustrating clicking on things and it's not working. But there's a, there's a, there's a combination of it has to be the ease for the the customer or the person taking a look at it. And it's what was nice about with Jayski is it almost fit on one page and you could almost navigate anywhere without moving that whole page. And now, yes, they have the scroll bar and whatnot and you have to scroll through all the pages and whatnot. And yes, I know we have short attention spans and everything and we don't like change and all of that, but it was one of the things it was a, a quirky, constant. It was, yeah. As, it was as NASCAR has quirky. changed, the yeah. one thing that hasn't changed right. is the Jayski site layout. And, you know, with other websites that, you know, uh, you know, regardless of your political leanings and that, the Drudge Report is one of the the, the most successful because of its its, its ease. Well, uh, I'll give you an interesting story here. We we had in mid to late 2015, we had a corporate uh, site redesign on, on NBCSports.com. So all our pages now look the same. However, uh, when that change happened, Pro Football Talk went mm-hmm. against the grain on yep. that, and they kept the old format, which they still use to this day. Now it's it's pretty. You know, pro, pro Football Talk is easily right. one of our top trafficked websites, and I think a lot of the reason that is is because it's worked. Now, that the challenge with desktop sites now is trying to make the desktop site yes. work while also optimizing for mobile, optimizing for apps. Um, that could be something that you know, making JSKI better for mobile devices. That right. could be part of the, this move as part of the, the changeover. So, um, again, I understand why they did it. I think there's just it's just unfortunate when things aren't as easy to, to look through uh, because then you, you're forced to go elsewhere. Right. It's like for, for me, I always use racingreference.info for NASCAR stats or I'll go to Champ Car stats for like open wheel and IndyCar stats. And, and that's because it's simple and I just know, you know, bang, that's where, where he gets Exactly. Going. And that's, you know, it, it, it it's kind of sad in a way, but I mean, you know, life moves on well, and one of the, we're going to live. Things... I mean, it's not that big of a deal in the, in, in the big scheme of things. But No, it's, but it's... I mean, for, you know, NASCAR's own website is something that is 
evolves with the mm-hmm. changes and and as different partners come on board and monsters you know taking over that site design too it's just like you know make it easy to find the things you need to follow the race and with nascar you have to have, especially now you have to know the stages you have to know the point structure you have to know the entry list you have to know the results especially now because you've got so many team and uh manufacturer changes this off season there's a lot more to keep track of and so making sure you can easily find that is is key yeah, it's so the web guy rants. Yeah, yeah, it does. And you know, for those who are not aware of it, you know, uh, John Wiedemann, you know, started Racing Nation with an idea that I planted in his head to ruin his life and make it much more complicated than it needed to be. And it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. It still is, and you know, it, it's it's not easy to do. You know, and I got to give him credit. You know, Jayski, when he started, because that was like, I mean, this is back in, I mean, you still had the old portal dial-up. Yeah, and you it go, was. You go AOL right. and you 256K. Modems. I was a, I was a CompuServe guy. So, and I can tell, yeah, and I can tell you exactly when I came on, it was the day uh, Neil Bonnet was killed. Mm. That we, wow. uh, that I hooked up to the internet back in 94. And uh, it, it's, it's evolved, it, it, it it's life information it's it is t- truly changed how we've the 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 media and that and it it's going to continue to but it's it's like it was nice having those little portals back to the old days and that and well, that was certainly information it. gathering and organization online is is what what makes our industry work and you know we we have our our competitors, but we also want to make sure we have as much you know people visiting our own stuff that we're putting together because we're working hard on it. We're trying to make it work. And and when you when you go to some, there are places that you can go where you just know stuff's going to work. And so that's that's the thing now that Jayski will challenge after has that mm-hmm. excuse me have as a challenge going forward, just making sure that they can keep that same level of uh, of usability. Otherwise, that that'll hurt it. Jeff. I'm real quick. I I agree. If a website is too hard, and I'm not the most, sm- I'm not the smartest guy in the world when it comes to technology. If it's hard for me to find the information, I will move on quick. So you've got a very short window to get me to uh, to like your website and to keep me visiting your website, or I'll be gone. Well, that's why I try to write as good things as I can, so to make sure that we don't lose you. So it's <laughs> very important. <laughs> we can't lose the Jeffster. If you've lost Jeff, yeah. you've lost America. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the voice of the people. It's got to yeah. be easy. You know, there's nothing worse than, you know, like I was, you know, for example, I was down in Mexico and I was trying to find out who won the duel or I'm sorry, the clash, right. who won the clash. And uh, it was it was hard. It was hard. I, it took me probably 10, 15 minutes of sitting there searching to figure out who won it. Aren't you a Twitter guy? I am, but I I didn't follow. I wasn't following the right people at the time. Yeah, so it, it's it for that kind of stuff. I don't, and I and I think you know people have always wondered. You know, a lot of people were dissing it when it came out because it it wasn't, it isn't now what it was then when Twitter came out. Twitter Tw- was a Twitter's lot of- in in. Uh- We'll, we'll call it like it's awkward teenage years now, yeah. relatively speaking. I mean, it's, I think, about nine or ten since it first started, 06, 07, there, thereabouts. But uh, the Twitter now is such a different animal than the Twitter of even two or three years ago. I mean, I feel like there's Twitter pre-Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Twitter post-Dale Earnhardt Jr. Mm-hmm. And there's been a change in the whole 
viewing habits, following habits, and posting habits that have that have happened since then that have happened and and just affected so many areas. It's whenever anything happens for breaking news, that's the first place I go mm-hmm. is Twitter. Yep, same and 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 it's whether it's 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 in an, in the sports arena or even national news. Yeah, whether it's something that happened, uh, you know, I don't care, a plane crash, something bad, something good, whatever it is. I, I always go to Twitter and follow because not only with the, you know, people say, well, hashtags don't work. Well, hashtags to, do work if you're looking for something specific. And if, if you're, I'm trying to think of an example. Well, put it this way, we're going to, we're going to have it where the most of our traffic that comes to our website comes from social media. It comes from stuff that's posted on Facebook or posted on Twitter because we'll immediately post the results page or we'll post the feature story or the article for whatever just happened. You know, it's like, hey, there was this crazy truck race last night. Where do we want to get more on it? We don't directly type in whatever the long URL is. You're just going to see our NASCAR, you know, Twitter posted it, NASCAR Talk NBC, and you click on there and boom, there it is. So that's that's how you're finding people. Whereas whereas JSKI was a destination site, social media has now changed the destination for where you go to get, to pick up the content. Especially for your hardcore fans, the example is uh, we'll talk to Eddie Lapine. I should have mentioned earlier at, at, in the one o'clock hour. He was down at Sebring for the test, and when he posts photos in that, I said, Eddie, you got to post photos of the test because that that gets big hits. Mm-hmm. People love that stuff, yep. and I'm sure you, and your site too. Absolutely. You know anything that that something. That's kind of off the radar, so to speak. But your heart, the, the hardcore fans or whatever sport it is, love it. You know, like uh, like, like the hardcore NFL fans when stuff's happening at the combine, they're going to be looking at that stuff because they are your hard your, that that ten percent of your fan base that's hardcore that consumes everything. They're the ones that they're going to eat that stuff up. And the same thing in racing football, baseball, spring training, something, or if there's an injury, somebody gets hurt in spring training or something, mm-hmm. boom. I mean, people are, that's where they go. Okay, what's going on? Let's see. Who, okay, this guy's down there. We, you know, They all know who's down there, who their favorite guys are in that particular sport. Yeah. I've only been on Twitter less than two years, I think, now. Yep, so sure. I'm still trying to learn who the good follows well, are and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's true here yeah. with especially with the with the sports flashes and whatnot. That's where, you know, I mean, I remember we'd had we'd have stuff here with Sparky and Rami in the early days here when stuff was breaking on the sports page and we you know, according to Twitter this that or you know, so and so at this place, you know, this you know, so and so's out might be out for the season or whatever it is. It we it was a big tool for us to use. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna take a little earlier break here. We're gonna just before the end of the hour here, and uh, we'll do a sports flash coming up here. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Dennis Michelson uh, after the sports flash and our break. And then on the top of the hour, we'll talk to Eddie. Well, just before that, I should say we got Sparky for his Sparky's take. And then after the top of the hour, we'll talk to Eddie Lupine. And then the bottom of the second hour, we'll be hearing from Dennis again and Lori Monroe, and we'll finish up with some more NASCAR talk. So you're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. And we'll be hearing the latest from them coming up here after the break with Dennis, who's down in Schaumburg. And we'll also our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. 
And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee area and Apple Auto Care Centers. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from the Race and Performance Expo in Schaumburg, Illinois, it's our friend from Race Talk Radio, Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Oh, it is great to be here, Steve, and I've got to tell you, we're having such a fun time out here at the Race and Performance Expo, and you know, it might be Saturday, Saturday, but I'm at the place with a Sunday, Sunday famous because I'm hanging out with the folks from the Great Lakes Dragaway. How cool is that? And uh, I got to tell you, folks, this is getting me fired up for some great Great Lakes drag racing action. And uh, I-, I got a feeling that their track is going to be open. To- it's probably already been open with the great weather that we're having, but... Uh, you know, if you want to have a good time, you got to head out to Great Lakes. Yeah, that certainly is. And they, they always are doing something new. We'll be talking to the guys there in just a moment. But I'm kind of kind of curious to see what, what big projects they're working on uh, for this year there. But always a lot of a lot of, a lot of great weekends up there. Of course, my favorite are the, the two throwback weekends. Um, Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. And hopefully I'll be out there for those. And uh, it was quite the exciting night last night at the Daytona International Speedway with uh, Kaz Grala, who is, uh, as I joked with Tony last night, could be the new Tail Fabi. <laughs> that is the best name in racing. And such a young kid, but man, this he's a wheel man. Uh, this kid uh, just was fantastic in the K&N series uh, over the last couple of years and Fifteen years old, the future is bright for Mr. Kaz Grala. And if you can't get behind a driver with a name like Kaz Grala, <laughs> who can you cheer for? It's just going to be something else. But what a what an amazing amount of carnage! You know, I can imagine people are watching this race, and if you're selling parts and pieces to the the Camping World Truck Series team, you had to just be salivating because they didn't wait until the end of lap two to have the big one. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of craziness. And, uh, you know, I, I think we've got a new stunt driver. If they ever bring back the old uh, Joey Chitwood uh, thrill shows, because uh, Mr. Uh, you know, Crafton did such a wonderful job of pirouetting through the air and landing on a fellow car. Last time I saw something that poetic was out at Soldier Field watching the old Joey Chip with stunt cars in action. So what an amazing start to this season it has been for the NASCAR folks. You usually hear me whining. The clash, eh, wasn't too excited about that. But the qualifying race is on Thursday, and now the truck series race on Friday. Woo-hoo, baby. I got to tell you, NASCAR's off to a good start this year. Yeah, it was uh, quite the exciting race. And, uh, you know, the and we, we've been saying this for years, that usually out of the three races between the, the truck series, the Xfinity series, and the 500, that, uh, you know, depending on your point of view, that, that, that truck race is usually the best race of the weekend, isn't it, uh, Dennis? Yeah, it can often be that case. And what it also does is create more show trucks uh, for the series for uh, for the future because there weren't a lot of those trucks 
um, that that uh, uh, that didn't finish the race that you'll be seeing again. Uh, disposable trucks. What a concept. Dennis, it was interesting as I was as I was watching, and and we're on lap two. And the first crash happening that early already takes, you know, six to eight trucks out of the race. It starts the five-minute clock. We get our first round of DNFs. And before you know it, we're already at the end of the first stage, almost there, which there's another crash right on the stage lap. You know, it was interesting. I was all concerned the stages would, would kind of take away from it. But in a weird way, it's – I don't – I hate I, – honestly, I did not like the stages when they were announced. But after last night, um, I was not as – I was not as scorned with them as I thought I would be because Johnny Sauter, who had a great run, won both stages, was actually not compromised by being caught up in the last lap crash. Did, did you think that kind of worked, if not necessarily as intended, maybe better than you expected? I'm not sure yet. Um, when it comes to the whole stages thing of races, I'm not really a buyer on that yet. Why don't we just get back to enjoying great racing and not worry about who's going to win a championship until we get down to the last three laps or three uh, races of the season? I just, this is the problem that I see with NASCAR is they're making it all about winning the championship and all about the championship battle instead of what for years that we got which was worrying about having a great race 36 times a year. Uh, so I'm not really a buyer on the stage thing yet, but as I said to uh, to somebody else this week here out at the race and performance expo and they asked me about it, I said, you know what, the worst thing, the only bad, you know, there, there's nothing bad that can happen out of this, and the upside is, maybe it will give us more competitive rights. Dennis, I got a very important uh, subject we need to talk about. And, uh, of course, I'm talking about the monster Victory Lane girls and their outfits. I, you know, as we, as we, as this controversy, if you want to call it, broken that, after a day or two, I'm, I'm almost thinking that may, perhaps maybe we were duped. Do you think this might have been a little bit artificially inflamed a bit? I don't know. You know, what were we expecting? Were we expecting the Monster Energy girls to be uh, in, you know, outfits that you see the nuns wearing at church? I mean, well, what I mean, were we expecting? Yeah, I, I don't understand what the controversy is, especially when we went through the early 90s with the Hooter girls, and then prior to that, the Union 76 race stoppers who were at you know events uh, up here at Milwaukee and of course all the NASCAR you know all the NASCAR tracks and Linda Vaughn and missed uh, Hearst girl and all of that stuff. I mean, I I don't know like that. That's why I'm thinking it was almost seems like it was almost artificially inflamed up or it, people kind of ran with it to help push the monster name. But yeah, I I I, I didn't think it was inappropriate at all. I mean, I can certainly. I, I could certainly design a more inappropriate dress for them. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you a funny bit. It was the the outfits changed from the clash on Sunday to the duels on Thursday because we went from full full attire to bare midriff by Thursday. So it was almost like Monster took the news and right. started trolling, almost like, "Hey, if you're going to make a story out of this, we're going to try to going to troll a little harder on this." I I don't know. I mean, it, 
that's that's the brand. I mean, unless Monster changes what the brand, exactly. what they want their brand identity to be, and what they're, you know, and I saw Jamie Little, who's you know very well respected, you know, Fox uh, pit reporter. She said she's been in the Supercross world. She knows mm-hmm. this is what worked for them, and this is what they do. And yeah, it'll take some getting used to, but um, that's that's what the brand is. So until they change what they want to present, I think this this is where we're at. I don't really see the controversy in it. Well, I want to know how many of the people that were at the race and were offended by this non-family friendly atmosphere then went after the race on Thursday night to the wing stop in Daytona <laughs> Beach. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, folks. <laughs> right. You, know, you see worse attire in the summer from the fans or even more so in the pit area from the pit lizard at yeah. any racetrack across the country. You know, the, the great thing is you had beautiful women in attractive outfits. Oh, my. That's so horrible. It's been going on since the Winston girls showing cleavage. And the Sprint girls didn't wear, uh, you know, tight racing uniforms. It, 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 those tight racing uniforms were so tight, you would never see anybody actually racing in something that tight. So, come on, folks. They're, they're just... They're beautiful ladies, and this is the brand, and you're stuck with it for the next year or two. That's what it is. I don't know, Dennis. I go to the wing house for the wings and the beer. I don't know about you. So. <laughs> oh, I, I, I get a takeout order because I don't, you know, don't want to be offensive. So, but no, it, it's it's just crazy, folks. It, you just you're gonna see trashier outfits if you walk through the infield at Caladega. And you're most likely to see somebody trying to get some beads. And that doesn't involve, you know, family-friendly stuff either, if you know what I mean. All right, Dennis, time for a break. When we come back, uh, we're ta- actually, I should say, we're talking with Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio, who is in Schaumburg, Illinois, for the uh, race convention down there. Uh, and when we come back, we'll be talking to our friends at Great Lakes Dragway. You've been listening to the... Final Inspection Show brought to you by the aforementioned Great Lakes Dragway, along with their friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Centers. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Centers. And we'll be going live to the Race and Performance Expo in Schaumburg, Illinois, where Dennis Michelson has Randy Henning from Great Lakes Dragway on. Welcome to the show, Randy. Hello. How are you? I'm doing excellent. How are things down at the booth down there? We're very, very busy. A lot of people coming by and getting schedules. Uh, it's really uh, nice to see all of our friends that we see all summer long and then miss them over to Christmas and holidays. And now it's almost springtime, and we're, we're coming out of the woodwork, ready to go drag racing. Excellent. You know, what, uh, we were talking off the air, too. Uh, one of the neat things at Great Lakes Dragway is you guys are always improving the facility there. And uh, for fans that come in uh, this spring, what's, what's the one thing they're going to notice uh, this year at Great Lakes? Well, the one thing they're going to notice as racers is that we replaced the burnout boxes in both lanes because they've gotten pretty 
pretty rutted, and so we cut out a space that's uh, approximately uh, 10 feet wide and 30 feet long, ripped out all the concrete that was about 12 inches thick and replaced it all because it's been so warm this winter. We didn't have any frost over there, so we were able to do that. Now, you guys are, you're, of course, as all of us are, slaves to the weather in, in here. What, what, what's the earliest do you think the Great Lakes could open up uh, with, with this weather? Because it's been unusually warm with the exception of, of course, uh, you know, today and that in the last couple of days. But is, is, could we see you guys opening up in the next uh, few weeks? Well, we're scheduled to open up on March 31st. And uh, then we'll be open six days a week after that, all the way till October 31st. If the weather was in the 50s or better, we'd open up as much as two weeks earlier than that, which is meeting around the 15th, the Ides of March. <laughs> I like that. And then uh, what, what some of the special events that are coming up this year? Well, we've got uh, Memorial Day, Labor Day, and uh, the 4th of July, which is really on the 1st of July for us. That's Saturday where we're going to have a lot of jets this year. We have a lot of nitro cars, a lot of funny cars. It's going to be a really nice, spectacular show for people that like to see that kind of stuff. Drag Week, which we had two years ago, is also coming back in September. It's Thursday, September 14th. That's an event where 300 cars approximately travel from drag strip to drag strip for a solid week. They have to make a pass at every drag strip. And then through a process of elimination and fast passes, they figure out who is the fastest drag who is the fastest street-worthy race car? So you have to make it to from track to track, driving, not on trailers, and then you have to race at all of these tracks, and then the winner is the one that can uh, do the best and make it to all of the tracks. That's an excellent event. You see 300 of the neatest-looking cars that are street-driven and uh, race on our track it's during the week. you got to get there at 7 o'clock in the morning because they start rolling in at 7, and that's Five o'clock in the afternoon, they've all rolled out to go to the next track. And last year, I mean, that was a huge, huge event. There was a lot of people there, wasn't there? Yeah, at at nine at ten o'clock in the morning, we had forty five hundred people in the stadium. <laughs> wow, it awesome! And it seems like you know what. When, when you look at some of the iconic photos in, in his history at Great Lakes Dragway, you know, it's one thing I always notice is like, you know, Doug Rose and the jet cars and that. And it seems like jet cars have, has always had a special place in uh, Great Lakes Dragway dating back to Broadway Bob and that. Uh, what What's some of the, the, the jet cars that, that kind of stick out to you that have raced there in the past? Well, the Green Mamba raced there and uh, several other cars like that. But we've got a good group of cars that are racing there now mm -hmm. we have uh we have tough enough to jet funny car we have 50 calibers as a dragster we got danny sullivan that has two jet dragsters and on labor day and memorial day we probably will have six to eight jets and on our jet show in uh on the first of of uh first of july which is uh, our fourth of july we'll probably have a dozen jet cars and we're one of the, the premier track in the Midwest for having a lot of jet cars, and one of the reasons is a lot of people are close to Great Lakes Dragway that own jets. <laughs> and uh, we're talking to, with uh, Randy Henney of Great Lakes Dragway. And, of course, uh, the 2017 season passes are available now in the Great Lakes Dragway online store. Make sure you get to greatlakesdragway.com for that. Uh, Randy, anything else we should know about Great Lakes coming up this year? Well, what you should know is that it's a lot of fun to be there any day you want to come out. There's something going on six days a week. 
and the most fun is driving your own car down the track. And so it uh, costs 35 bucks on yep. Tuesday through Friday to come there and race your own car, drive it. I say drive your own car because you don't have to race. Mm-hmm. You just have to drive. You have to drive at least as uh, safely as to get there. But uh, the car won't get damaged if you don't uh, act totally crazy. And you can have a lot of fun and be able to race down the exact same track that people like Shirley Muldowney and Don Garlitz and John Forrest have raced down there. And it's just plain fun, and you get to meet a lot of nice people, and you race a few people that you know and see who's the fastest guy in your group. Back uh, back in the late ninety or late 80s, I was able to do that with my 1984 Mercury Capri RS. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. There's no car that's too slow to go, and I always tell people, drive down the racetrack as slow as you can go the first time, yeah. and I dare you to not go faster and faster and faster the successive times you go down there. Certainly is. Once and you'll be hooked. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate it, Randy. I just need to talk to Dennis real quick for something. Okay, I'll hand him over to you. All right, thanks, Randy. As Randy Henning from Great Lakes Dragway, and of course, make sure you get to greatlakesdragway.com to get your 2017 season passes. And there's a lot of neat stuff on the on the web page that's updated daily. Dennis Michelson. Oh, it is so much fun up there. I I got to tell you, the food is great. The atmosphere is great. And all you have to do at Great Lakes Dragway to make a new friend is to look at somebody's car that is sitting back there in mm-hmm. the garage area and just say, man, that's a cool ride. And you will have somebody telling you the life story of that car, and you will be best buddies with them for the rest of the day. i got to tell you, there is no better place to spend a beautiful afternoon at the Great Lakes Dragway on into the night. You're going to have a good time every time you go. Just up there in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Get away from the rat race of the week and enjoy some great racing. Or, like Randy said, get out there and do it yourself. And uh, if you're in the area, make sure to get down to the Race and Performance Expo in Schaumburg, Illinois. It's a, it's a neat event to get down there. A lot of displays. And, of course, what are some of the, the displays other than Great Lakes that, that you've seen down there, Dennis? Oh, my goodness. Uh, over by uh, our 1900 aisle, I'm over in 1914 with the National Speedway Directory. The dirt oval at Route 66 is out there. Uh, they're going to be uh, having dirt races again on the little oval. A uh, lot of fun to see those folks. I got to see my neighbors uh, from Sycamore, Illinois, the folks at Autometer. Nobody does more for the drag racing world and all kinds of circle track racing. And the folks at Autometer, got to love them. You could stop by and see out all their cool gadgets that they have at Autometer as well. But everybody, the who's who of racing is here. So you got to come out. It's uh, the beautiful Schomburg Convention Center and, uh, Check them out, Racing Performance Expo, and uh, you know, get over here and enjoy some uh, some great times before the all of the fun races at Daytona this weekend. So you can come out here tomorrow morning, talk racing with all your friends, and then get home in time to watch the green flag fly for the Daytona 500. Stop by over at the uh, at the National Speedway Directory booth and uh, say hi to me as well, because you know you got to keep me awake around here, but. Because there's just so much going on at the Racing Performance Expo. It's a good time. I saw a uh, five-foot mohawk walk by a little earlier. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you just never know what you're going to find out here. But uh, 
some old time drag racers signing some autographs and you know just a lot of good folks out here uh, talking racing and talking race parts and different racetracks from around the uh, the area out here as well. I saw the folks from uh, Grundy County uh, Speedway, one of my favorite little tracks down there in Morris, Illinois. So uh, come on down. Schaumburg, Illinois, a short drive for you to head on down from Milwaukee, and uh, uh, we'll have a good old time. Of course, we're talking with Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio who's down at the Race and Performance Expo in Schaumburg. Dennis, I need your Daytona 500 pick. We're doing a little... Uh, thing here, we're going to post all of our choices here, and I just uh, texted Lori Monroe to get her winner. Of course, we'll be hearing from you two at the bottom of the hour here at one thirty. Uh, so, who's who's your pick for the Daytona five hundred? Well, I'm gonna go pick me a good old racer. I'm gonna pick that Dale Earnhardt Jr. feller to win the Junior. Daytona five hundred because it's it's Daytona, so I got to pick an Earnhardt. Very good. Well, you know, there's there's another one. You could uh, we could put you down for Jeffrey. And uh, when it's all on the line, he is not going to let anybody pass him on the last lap. So I, I like my chances with Dale Earnhardt Jr. I was so impressed with how he has come back, knocked all the rust off on Thursday, and that old boy is ready to rock. Very good. Uh, I need you to stay on the line, so do not hang up when we take a break here for you, Dennis. Okay. Sounds good. Excellent. You've been listening to Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio, and it's time for a sports flash coming up here with Jeff Orlowski in just a moment. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by, of course, the aforementioned legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers on the fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is our friend and yours, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome to the show, Sparky. Hello, Steve. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Also joining us is Tony DeZino in studio from NBCSports.com. Oh. Hello, Sparky. Hi, Tony. How are you doing? I'm good, sir. Good. It, it, it's Christmas time hold in on, hold February. On. Stop, stop, stop. How's your grandma doing, Tony? Oh, good. I was just I was literally just in Arizona two weeks ago. 101 now, still clicking. And uh Thanks. yeah. Yeah. Two awesome. years ago already we had her on in uh, yeah, July. That's awesome. Hundred and one year old. Yeah. And that is so cool. All right, go ahead, Zaki. Yeah. Christmas time in February for NASCAR fans. It's the Daytona five hundred. And uh what what what's your opinion so far with everything that's happening, all the changes? We got uh segments segments what are we calling them stages stages it's not and it's not it's not the chase anymore it's the playoffs it's playoffs playoffs are we talking about playoffs exactly i just want to win a race a lot of changes for the fans out there sparky what says you i say it's stupid um, <laughs> you know, if you look, it, this is the deal. it's it's similar to what baseball is doing we talked about this on the big show you know baseball is trying to shave off time to make rate, uh, games quicker uh, so, you know, the younger audience will actually watch. That, that's the whole point of it. So, okay, fine. So you're going to shave off five minutes 
to gain nobody. Because that's pretty much what you have to do. If you want to shave off enough time in baseball, you have to shave off at least an hour. So play a seven-inning game if you want to go crazy and think you're going to get 18- or 20-year-olds uh, to start watching baseball at, at that level. Now you, you fast-forward and you look at NASCAR, who has the same issue with three-hour races and everything else that are way too long. And instead of cutting back race length and how long the races are, they decide that they don't want to do that, so they have to come up with some other ways. So now... Instead of going for the younger audience, now you've determined you want to go back and get all the old-school race fans to watch. So you're going to go back to how it is if you go down a Slinger Speedway and watch a race there. I, I, just, I don't think it gets new fans. I think you're still trying to get the oldie but goodies uh, to come back and watch if they left. But i got news for you. If Dale Earnhardt Jr. retires, it's done. It's a wrap. It's been real. Sparky, that's a that's a great point because you look at how many drivers we've lost in the last few years. Jeff, you know, just retired or, or moved on. Jeff Gordon, Carl Edwards with his whole stepping away line, you know, Tony Stewart's gonna be doing dirt track, short track racing now. He's not gonna be he's just gonna be an active owner. We have a young group of drivers that have come in, but none of them yet have hit that stratospheric level that, like, you know, there's that initial, okay, Chase Elliott, boom, you know, Austin Dillon, boom. But really, are they doing anything beyond that initial boom? I'm not sure they are yet. I mean, what say you? No, there, there isn't anybody. And that's why when I saw the quotes from Dale Jr. Uh, in an interview when Dale Jr. is talking about, well, if I, win the, if I win the championship, I may just walk away and retire on top. My immediate reaction was, NASCAR better hope that doesn't happen then. Do whatever you have to do. Don't let him win because he really is your last big one. I mean, you could talk about Jimmy Johnson all you want, but I don't think people necessarily are tuning in in large amounts to watch Jimmy Johnson race. There just isn't that appeal with Jimmy Johnson, whether it be personality, uh, whatever it is. He just doesn't have it. Junior has it still. Now, you could say, well, a large part of it is because of his dad's last name, and that very well may be, but he's still kind of that, you know, rock and roll type guy that's settling in now and, now he's got the concussion thing. Everybody's hoping he's okay and doesn't get hurt again, and people will be watching races for that. There's a reason to tune in for Junior. Most of your audience that go to these races are still all Junior fans. That's what they should be concerned about. You putting in stages to get a few points here and a few points there, thinking that all of a sudden now you're going to create more drama and more hard racing, and uh, you know it's going to change strategy all that much, and now the person on their couch doesn't take a nap for two hours during the middle of the race. I just don't think it works. I really don't. I, I don't think it's going to change anything ratings-wise. Yeah, it's interesting because Michael Waltrip said this on Media Day the other the other day. He, he goes, I, I, he goes, I'd like to see NASCAR work with the manufacturers. He goes, when I waste, raced in 24 hours at Daytona and Le Mans, when you'd hear a Ferrari come by, you know it was a Ferrari. It would be cool if a Ford sounded like a Ford, a Toyota sounded like a, a Toyota, et cetera. And he thinks those manufacturers should work together and make them sound cool. And he also thinks the the cars are too loud. And the other thing, a couple other points he brought up, he thought that maybe he should they should have brake lights on so the 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 drivers can you know or the fans can see the drivers when they're braking into a corner, see see the braking points of between the certain drivers. I mean, I think that kind of shows that there's a lot of people that are heavily involved in the world of NASCAR right now that. Don't really there. There isn't one answer. You know they 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 don't know what the answer is, do they? Sparky? I'll tell you the answer. I'll tell you the answer. Cut the races in half. Make sure that the you remember what uh, who was it? Champ car. Mm-hmm. The race was done within two hours for TV time or whatever, and it was uh, timed races. Yeah, it was an hour forty five right. window. Yep. Right. Exactly. Go back to doing something stupid like that. Now I know every hardcore NASCAR fan is going to throw a fit when I say that, but that's the first solution. The second solution is figure out how to put more violence into your sport. 
That's your second solution. That's the only reason the NFL survives on three-hour games. It's because people want to see the big hit, even though they're trying to take it out of the sport. But that, that's what it is. They, they like People like violence. Uh, and if you don't have violence, then it better be a lot shorter uh, than three hours if you expect somebody to watch the entire thing. People do not want to watch follow-in-line racing uh, with no accidents, no bumping and grinding, none of that going on for three hours outside of the audience that you currently have. And like I said before, now you're adding stages and complicating, in my opinion, what the championship points uh, are going to look like or playoff points, whatever they're calling them nowadays. It's going to make it even harder for the fans to follow along. I, I just, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do. I get it. And I've always given Brian France credit for trying to think out of the box, trying to do things differently. He's the one that came up with the chase format. Everybody gave him grief. But it was something. He was trying to bring drama to go up against the NFL. And I, that's the other thing, since I'm on my little soapbox here. I've been saying this forever. That, that whole chase format and everything else, they should, the season should stop way before it does. It really should. I mean, why pound your heads into a wall and go up against the National Football League during the season? That just doesn't make any sense to me. That that whole thing, the championship, should be that weekend before the NFL kicks off. That should be the final race of the season. That's where it should stop. And I realize you're taking out 10 races, 11 races, whatever it is. Be done before the NFL gets going. Be done before you know we get to October and November. My God, this thing starts in February. How can you expect somebody to watch every single race from February all the way to almost Thanksgiving? The season is way too long. And Sparky, throughout that, we don't really have an antagonist. You know, you mentioned controversy, you mentioned violence. Right. I think there's there needs to be somebody that can be outspoken without fear, fearing retribution from from the man on top. And and that's that's the challenge because when these new enhancements and and the word enhancements has been very vocal in in the word choice there, uh, there's not been a single person to say, hey, we don't like this or we don't know this is going to shake out. It was just, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. And there's not. It doesn't feel authentic in that point when everybody's saying the same thing. And and I would like to see some, you know, even Kyle Bush, who was the closest thing to it, has really kind of softened in recent years. I think that's a lot to do with, you know, him getting married. You know, he's got a kid now. He's sure. still winning. Uh, but Kyle Bush, young Kyle Bush, was a hateable driver because he was A, good, and B, was not afraid to speak his mind. Well, you still got the Penske drivers. I think both of those guys can be. Brad uh, Kay can be that. Yes, Kozlowski can be that, and Logano goes back to being his whiny self. He can be that guy that fans don't like. Um, Kozlowski, though, is a guy that has been outspoken before and how he wanted to change the NASCAR schedule, if you remember, doing Wednesday races and mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. And again, I liked Kozlowski's idea with how to change that schedule. Perfect. You're going to race on Wednesday nights? That's awesome. Now you're not going against anything. You own Wednesday night. That's, in my mind, perfect. But the problem is, and I understand the logistics, is, okay, but who's going to take off of work to fly wherever to go watch a race on a Wednesday? It's not like you can take an extended weekend to go catch a race. So from an attendance standpoint, that would be an issue. From a rating standpoint, TV's I think they have much better ratings on Wednesday night. TV's king, though. We got a ten with a 10-year deal. That's where, I don't know if you saw, there was a, a big Wall Street Journal article that came out this week. But that's that's the thing that you have to move the metrics there because they can't afford further declines in the ratings department. So tracks have taken out a lot of seats anyway. Um, so you, you're seeing it to where you know if you can the camera shots have to be tightened anyway, to, so they're not showing a, a smaller crowd on right. site. That's exactly right. And, and it's funny we just uh, we're doing a thing on the big show 
uh, earlier this week about how all the sports are down. NFL was down, mm-hmm. what, 9%, I think, this year, TV ratings-wise. Across the board, all the sports are down in TV ratings. So I think they have to take that into account. And, again, because you're battling with more stuff. I mean, less and less people have, you know, cable or satellite TV. More and more people are starting to cut the cord, as they put it, uh, and go rely on Hulu and rely on Netflix and other things. And that's killing sports TV ratings uh, at this point. Sparky, who are some of your drivers to look for on Sunday's Daytona 500? Guys, you will be watching besides the obvious. Junior. I just I think this all sets up for a junior conspiracy theory. Wins the Daytona 500, comes back from the concussion, and everybody praises Junior. I put Junior on my fantasy team because I just think this could all set up to be the year of Junior. And then he walks off into the sunset, and that's the end of that. Um, junior is definitely one guy that I like. You know, I want to say I like Chase Elliott, but, I mean, you're just talking chalk at that point. But I, I think Chase Elliott's going to have a nice year this year, too, uh, going into the 500. Uh, and Leroy Butler uh, earlier this week said, all right, Sparky, give me somebody. Yes, Dave Coleman and me both. Mm-hmm. Give, give, give me somebody that nobody's ever heard of listening to the show probably, but that might have a chance to win the 500. I said Daniel Suarez. Mm-hmm. I, I think Suarez might be that guy that might, might be, you know, that vain like character that might, you know, steal the show. Who knows? Daniel Suarez would be the 2017 edition of Trevor Bain if he was able to pull it off, although I'm sure Suarez is at least we know what he can do in the Xfinity Series having won a championship. It's a deep field, um, but there's still been a lot of turnover, and really it does feel like there's heavyweights and then there's also Rands. It does not feel like a near-wide-open Daytona 500 as we've had in previous years. where we... the, other, the other thing, though, is nothing against the Wood Brothers, but I mean, when Bain won it, they were running a partial schedule, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's running a full schedule with good equipment. I mean, take over for Carl Edwards. That's not garbage equipment that he's driving there. No, and so, for Wood Brothers with uh, Blaney, it's essentially a third Penske car. Right. So they're exactly they're right. legit too. Yep. No question. My dark horse is Landon Castle. Uh, he's been we, running good all week. We mentioned that at the top of the show, and and there's some there's certain guys you wonder if you wonder if we get to the stages stage one and suddenly we're down to 25 cars because the first big one happens in the first 40 laps. That's the other question mark. Who's going to get knocked yeah. out early? clarify something for me is this rule that they put in about accidents where you get five minutes to fit your car on pit road and it goes back to the garage you can't come back does that apply to daytona and talladega yes yes okay good well i predict a rule change after week one then because if junior or johnson or any of these guys get knocked out early in the race and then they're they're done and they feel they can race but they don't have enough time to to work on that car and throw a fit you watch well that'll be the end of that i I think the reason for that rule there's, there's nothing worse than a big accident, and NASCAR has been taking so long on these caution flags to clean them up. You'll have a 10-minute caution flag. Right. You'll finally get going with a green flag, and then a, a lap or two later, here's some crap box going down I the backstretch, mm-hmm. throwing parts off of it because the tire blew because they tried to rush the car out onto the track. And I think that's I think it worked well last night in the truck race. I, mean, I agree. I, I love the rule. I'm not yeah. against the rule. Yeah. I'm just saying if a majority of your fan base doesn't get to see their driver taped up or otherwise, that's going to be an issue at some point. I mean, they don't care if it's right. Torres that doesn't come back or whoever, but it's going to be an issue if it's Junior on, like, say, lap five. Uh, and, you know, Junior race says, yeah, man, we could have got back out there, but with this new rule, you know, we weren't allowed to. Watch the fans go crazy. I think they will. And your pick for the Daytona 500? Junior. Junior. Okay, there you have it, folks. I I think it just sets up uh, for Junior coming off a concussion. Everybody's going to be talking about him. 
The amazing to me is, is Danica Patrick says she has a dozen of these things. A dozen. I mean, if she's had a dozen in her career, how many do you think Junior's really had in his? Yeah, I know. That mm. that line surprised me because, and I think I heard this, Graham Rahal said this on the Rich Eisen show the other day. If Danica has really had 12 concussions, that's really surprising because she, you know, say what you will about her performance, but she doesn't crash a lot. It's she's That is true, yeah. She's not but, known as an accident-prone driver, just but, a perpetually 22nd. But my question is, are you more prone to concussions in that Indy car than you are in NASCAR and that sprint car? It it. it, uh, it because it, of how your head is able to kind of go left and right, maybe more so than a NASCAR. I think the I think I mean with the Hans device having been introduced, a safer barrier coming in. It's there's not as many concussions as there have been or used to be for guys that race in the '90s into 2000s. Dario Franchitti had a bunch, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. so um, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't put that as much. I just remember Danica. If she had one, it was when she had her Daytona 500 crash, the one where DW said, you know, hey, she, you know, she's the one who taught everyone to take her hands off the wheel. Yeah. Right. So. Yep. All right. You've been listening to Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on the Big Show. You can listen, hear them on weekdays from 2 to 6 on the fans. Yep, and then uh, tomorrow morning, the last edition for the season of the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show presented to you by the Milwaukee Nap Auto Care Association. And they are giving away a track maple bowling ball, so we'll draw the winner uh, for that tomorrow on the air uh, between nine and ten. We'll look back at the tournament tournament of champions from last week's PBA show as well. Well, excellent! It's it's it certainly felt good having you on the show. We're looking forward to your Sparky's final take uh, on the show and the uh, upcoming shows. I, I like it. I think this could be Tony Dezino's final inspection show. <laughs> He's pretty rock solid on this whole thing. He man. is. You know, he is. It. Uh, yeah, it's all an act, but no, <laughs> no, it, <laughs> good it's, stuff. it's good stuff, man. Thanks. Thanks for having you on. It's been good. You betcha. Thanks, right, Sparky. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's time to, boy, we're running a little late here. I know, but too much good times. Yeah. That's okay. We're running at Eddie's time. Yeah. Uh, coming up next on the final inspection show, we'll have Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. We'll get the latest from some testing that's been happening in Florida over this past week. Uh, the final inspection show brought to you by... Great, legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Yes, and the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Eddie Lapine from Racing Nation. Nation, welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Excellent. It's been a busy show. It could easily be a three-hour show. I know. You're, you're cutting me thin here. Well, I, there's a, I mean, we've been changing. every every. I had everything lined up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and it's been like six, four, three, eight. You know, it just everything's been out of order. I moved you about three times so far in the show. Sparky got moved around, and everything's. I I know. I, I have one fan in Milwaukee. My dad, he's listening right <laughs> now, and uh, he's like, "Are you really going to be on?" <laughs> well, but, we appreciate uh, your patience. It's no always good problem. having you on the show. No problem. Um, 
So what's the latest uh, down? You were down in Sebring. Sebring yeah. on, uh, when was that? I was there Thursday. And what's and going on down 30, there? They had 34 cars for the test, the upcoming uh, 12-hour race at Sebring on March 16th through the 18th at the famed uh, Sebring International Speedway, um, which is just you know, an incredible track for these cars to come from all over the world to race here for this. And Eddie, the uh, there was a the Cadillacs once again basically led the way. I mean, it's only a test session, so you can't read a ton into it, but uh, they seem to be pretty strong. And then, but the the big thing I wanted to get to was there was a special uh, guest driver in uh, the Ferrari in the GT class. Yeah, Juan Montoya, Juan Pablo Montoya was there yesterday um, and did a handful of laps in the Risi Ferrari. Uh, he definitely every it seems like the rumors and stuff of him going sports car racing are really starting to pan out um and he he wants to go that direction now that uh indycar racing you know he's retired from there you know eddie montoya is an interesting guy because you saw him down at the race of champions already this year down in miami he's he's won everything he's won an f1 he's won an indycar he's won in nascar he's two-time indy 500 champ he's running an extra car now for the 500 but his new phase of his career if that is how it progresses and that's what kind of the rumor mill has been saying i mean what do you think he could do in sports cars if if he kind of had that opportunity well i'll tell you juan pablo montoya was never as loose as I've ever seen him racing at the race of champions. And, uh, he's incredible. I mean, he jumped in there and I mean, he won it, knocked out all those guys that, you know, win every year, uh, Vettel got knocked out and, you know, I mean, he, he, his approach and, you know, he's been at the go-kart races with his kids and involved in the go-kart team and he's just got a different outlook on it now uh, with racing. And I think that really helps. It definitely helps him uh, to be a better race driver. And I think, you know, sky's the limit. I mean, he port, he tested the Porsche 919. Um, they wanted, you know, they wanted to have him drive, you know, for Porsche. But uh, it just, that direction changed with Porsche. But, you know, he, he's definitely made his mark and he's wanting everything you know i i saw a tweet today or i should say this week and it was somebody well it was marco andretti and marco andretti's like up oh, i'm on a nine mile run today and last last year you saw us talking about yeah, i'm doing this and working out doing xyz i'm like dude that's not the issue you need to be in a race car and I've been saying this for his whole career that he's never had enough miles behind a car. And I just think when you see guys like, you know, what we're talking about with uh, Montoya and, and, and these other guys that are running around, you know, yeah, you need, I don't care what it is, if it's a shifter cart or what you need to be, you need to be driving. Well, I mean, you could have a whole story on why Marco uh, is, does what he does. I mean, he, doesn't want to lose and and that's part of the problem of trying to drive in something that you haven't driven in uh he's afraid he's going to get beat bad and the psyche and you know if if you if you're afraid to lose you're going to lose and 
And that's the problem. He does not want to get out of the box. And you're right. I mean, look at Tony Stewart or, you know, I mean, all these guys that switch and, and drive anything that they can drive. I mean, uh, Roman Dumas, I mean, Porsche driver, he's doing Pikes Peak. He, he's doing rally, uh, rally racing. He actually won a few weeks ago in Monte Carlo rally. So, I mean, to be a good race driver, you have to drive in other forms of racing. I think you would have to admit that, huh, Tony? I would think so. I mean, you gotta you gotta follow everything, you gotta keep up with everything, and you gotta gotta stay sharp. You know, it, it, the more variety and the more diversity you do, usually it makes you a more well-rounded uh, individual. And speaking of well-rounded and things that go in circles, Eddie, do you have a Daytona 500 pick? Do I have a uh, the Monster Girls? <laughs> I mean, uh, well, they're going to be in Victory Circle. I see. That's a that's a. See, good. we should give him Danica for that, even though she's I, been running very say strong that kind this of, week. No, does that default no. to that? So, no. yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Matt Kenson. Kenson. Add that one to the pool. Yeah. So okay, uh, we have. Let's see for our guys here. Uh, Dennis Michelson is Dale Earnhardt Jr. And we'll we'll post these on Twitter and also on uh, the Final Inspection Facebook page. Uh, Sparky is Jr. Tony DeZino, you have Brad Keselowski. I have Brad K. Got the two car. And I'm I'm going with Chase Elliott. I'm going to go with the rookie, Lori Monroe, who we'll hear in the next half hour along with Dennis. She's going with uh, Joey Logano, Eddie Lapine. You're going to go with Matt Kenseth, and uh, Tim Allen also picked uh, Matt Kenseth. NASCAR girl, Summer Santana, she's going with Junior. John Wiedemann, RacingNation.com, he's going with uh, Martin Truex Jr. Dave Coleman from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, he's going with uh, Kevin Harvick. Bill Michaels, from the Bill Michaels Show, of course, is going with Joey Logano. And uh, his sidekick and his Robin, uh, Radio Joe Zenzola, is taking Daniel Suarez. Jeff Orlowski, what says you? I say Clint Boyer. Boyer, oh, I like that pick. That's a, he's been he's been. I, boy, if there's a guy who has a bounce in his step this year, it has to be him. Yeah, definitely. From, from the 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 hell of a year he had last last year, in a granted it was it just you know we knew what it was. It was kind of a car cobbled together and, and whatnot, and and it was underfunded, and it turned out to be more probably more underfunded than he thought it was going to be. But he knew he was getting this right, so it's like. I gotta get through this year. Doing my time through this year. Yeah, I will exactly. Get out. So he, yeah, he he must be just just giddy. Uh, the the difference between the two from last year to this year. Absolutely. Eddie Lapine, yeah. we certainly appreciate. It. We're coming up against the the end of the hour. We'll talk to you next week, though. Thanks a lot. Uh, make sure you go to Racing Nation and check out the story about Sebring. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much. It's Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. Welcome back to the Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. And i got to tell you, folks, we're getting charged up for NASCAR. This is Dennis Michelson along with Lori Monroe. We'll get you caught up on all of the exciting stuff going on in Lori Monroe. It's time for the Great American Race. It's the Super Bowl of NASCAR. Oh, you got to love it. <laughs> the Super Bowl. Would you stop with that? 
It's the game seven of yeah. NASCAR. <laughs> it's the Derby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, it's, can, the, it's the great American bond spiel. Can we just love this race for all of the tradition and wonderment of this and not try yeah, to find a stick and ball sport equivalent? I know. Oh. It's just gotten worse as time has gone by. All the all the phrasing and, and terms and definitions and all that stuff. I just sort of, I, I just kind of, I want to dial back a few years and start over again. And when it comes to terms, I had a problem on Thursday night with the terms because I can't remember whether it's supposed to be duels, D-U-E-L-S, or duels, D-U-A-L-S. I know. It's just very confusing. It's it's funny. I knew it, and I know I should know it, and then I forgot it. So then I actually had to Google the thing. I actually did. I Googled this yesterday because I wanted to remember what it was called back in the 70s, 80s, or I guess more so the 80s when it was actually the the duels. Everybody called it the duels, and now it's the the duel. Is it not just the duel, singular? Yeah, it's a singular, but there's two of them, which so doesn't make sense. It's a duel, but it's also duels. It's, there's, there's duels on the track, but it's a duel of duels. It's a duel of right? duels. I like that. And what we saw on so Thursday, confused. what we saw on Thursday is what we've seen in these qualifying races since the dawn of time. One of them was fabulous, almost to, to the point of tearing your hair out. Yeah. And the other one was very, very tame. Usually yeah. it's because we have a big wreck in the first one. And then everybody in the second one is, is acting normal. Yeah, this, they sober up because they see the wreck. Yeah. This time around, it was just sort of that fear of the big one that never happened that got them to race sort of tame in the second one. But all in all, I was very impressed by what we got to see on Thursday night. Yeah, I was really surprised with the first duel slash duels duel of dual duels. How racy these cars were, how racy the drivers were. And what impressed me was seeing some of these cars get really loose. It just sort of snap, and the and the and the drivers could just hang on and bring it back. That's what shocked me. I thought that was fabulous. But the first, I, I don't now. I'm afraid to call it duels. The first duel, the first race, race number one, was crazy. I was on the edge of my seat. I thought this is just this is awesome stuff. And then, of course, when race number two comes along, yeah, the guys are sort of spread out a little bit in the beginning. But after that first, uh, whatever you want to call it, the competition caution, they sort of sucked it up and, and, and got a lot more racier, I thought. And, you know, we did see some guys sort of smacking the wall a little bit and there's sparks flying off a of Hamlin's car just because. And I thought it was just as entertaining as the first race. It was a little bit different complexion. You're not going to have a, a mirror image when you have races back-to-back anyway. Different cars, different drivers. So I just thought it was incredible. So if you take each race and if you combine them together and bring us the Daytona 500, if we saw half of what we saw on Thursday night, it is going to be incredible. It's been almost Seriously. 20 years, actually 21 years, I guess, since a the guy who won the pole bothered to race for the win 
in his dual race. Do you think that the bonus points were the reason that Chase Elliott hung it out, or is it just because he's a young kid who just wants to win every time he's behind the uh, the wheel? Quite frankly, I don't even think anybody's thinking about these damn bonus points. I know I'm not. Chase Elliott so needs to win a race. It was so good to see this kid finally win a race in a cup car. This is what we want to see. That's what he needs. I was so glad to see him smiling when he was out of the car because, my God, we've seen this kid run well and just beat himself up. And, of course, we'd seen bad stuff with him on the track, and he's even worse on himself. So, you know, to see him win and feel good about it, that was just awesome. What a, what a, that was a great race. And he drifts back to like seventh or eighth and the announcers come on and say, well, he's got a car that he's trying (laughs) to save for Sunday. And then the next thing you know, he just flies up on the outside and to the lead. That really impressed me. He's got a he's got a fast hot rod. He got fast hot rod. It's incredible to see how these guys could really get a get ahead of steam going. I was stunned seeing the speed some of these guys could get when they're hooked up together. Like just incredible just incredible to watch it was fun did we learn anything from thursday night that that makes you sure who's going to win on sunday i don't know if it makes me sure who's going to win what questions were answered for me was how well is Stuart haas gonna get onto this ford plan and i don't even think they're gonna they're not missing a beat it was incredible there's a lot of good cars out there but I'll tell you, to see to see Cliff Boyer, as Uncle Cy would call him, Cliff Boyer, <laughs> to see Clint Boyer finish second in the second race yesterday after the abysmal last couple of years this guy has had, he's got to be walking on cloud nine knowing what he's got underneath him. That was That was fun to see. Hendrick sweeps the front row in qualifying. We see Hamlin and Chase Elliott get the win, so they'll be starting up towards the front. Well, Chase was already there. But what an exciting race that we're going to see on the Great American Race on Sunday, the Daytona 500. Did you see McMurray all over the place? Oh, he was crazy. He scared the crap out of me about 10 times. I thought, this guy, my God, what's going to happen here? But yeah, he's starting starting up front too. Both of those Ganassi cars were crazy fast. So all I learned on Thursday is that we're going to have a fantastic Daytona 500 and any one of at least 15 guys could win. There's that many fast cars. You mentioned Clint Boyer and that brings us to our new game show here on 105.7 FM. The fan it's called this or that. Will there be more wins by Kurt Busch or Clint Boyer this year? Ooh. Well, well, judging on what we saw Thursday night, I'm going with Clint. I, I really think Clint is so hungry to, to, to do better than he did. As I mentioned, the last couple of years were abysmal. I just think he, I, I, I'm going with Clint. I can't even give you a good reason why. I really can't. We can, we can talk all day and all night about Kurt Busch and what, what we all think of him, what we expect of him. But we really we know what we have right now with Kurt Busch. We know what he has accomplished in the last couple of years. We know how far he's gotten. He's made chases. But 
we really have an unknown with Clint Boyer. And what I saw from Clint Boyer, and we've seen him in the past. This guy can drive a car. Now he's got, he has got, as you said earlier, he got a real hot rod under him. He really, really does. So I don't know why, but I'm just going to go ahead and say Clint Boyer. Very impressive run by Danica Patrick in her qualifying race coming in seventh. She was fourth in the clash last weekend. So more top tens by Danica Patrick or more wins by Dale Earnhardt Jr.? I have to pick between the two? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I'm going with Dale Jr. all the way. I, I really am. I Danica had a good run in, in the clash, had a good run Thursday night in the duel. She's going to be good at Daytona. We know this. I just don't really expect a whole lot more out of her than what we've seen. And I I even said this last week as well, I believe. We've seen what Danica brings. I read an article, um, a comment from from another driver, that she's a good driver. She just doesn't know when to capitalize on the, the next step to go ahead and win. And I sort of buy that because you think, wow, why isn't she up there fighting tooth and nail with these other guys? We don't see that. So without question, I'm going with Dale. Big changes in the Xfinity Series, limiting the number of times a cup racer can race uh, this year. Last year, Joe, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing had 19 wins in the Xfinity Series. And last year in the cup division, there were 13 different cup winners. So this year, are we going to see more different winners in the cup division or more Xfinity wins by Joe Gibbs Racing? I'll take door number three. <laughs> You tell me. You answer this question because I'll tell you, it's a it's a crapshoot. I think Joe Gibbs Racing is going to have fewer wins overall in the Xfinity Series. Uh, I think maybe like 15, but I actually think there'll be <laughs> more winners. 15. Yeah, I think there'll be more winners. I, they still have the best cars by far. I think there will be more winners in the cup division this year. I think there will be 14 or 15 winners, so I'm just going to give it barely to Joe Gibbs Racing, but, boy, it's going to be close. Yeah, I I think so, too. I agree. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the favorite segment here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. we We already have a favorite segment. Oh, it's taking over the world by storm. Oh, wow. It's time. I'll in here. It's time for our still blowing of the week. Yes, they love explosions in Milwaukee just as much as they do anywhere on the planet. And Lori Monroe, you get to go first. Yeah, we have to remind everybody what a still blowing is. Um, Back in the day, people had their stills blown up by the revenueers, the competition. Every week we figure we're going to find somebody that really upsets us or some event that upsets us and we're going to blow it still up. So this week... I have to go with our pole sitter, sadly. I have to go with Chase Elliott. Maybe not so much Chase Elliott, but the Dawsonville Pool Hall. This kid wins a pole, and they set off the siren. We have to reserve the siren for actual wins, and they should have been blowing it last night maybe for his, uh, for his duel victory. But for a pole, if we're, if we're handing out siren siren sounds for just getting a pole that's watering down the beauty of the dawsonville pool hall siren so save it for the win 
don't give it out. Don't give participation siren blowings. Just save it for the win. Dawson Pool Hall, we're blowing up your siren today. Ooh, that is a good contender because I was a little bit upset by them putting off the siren for anything less than a real win. Yeah. It just just doesn't seem right to me. Well, my still blowing has to do with the Thursday night races. We had rain most of the day off and on. It was just kind of annoying. So NASCAR decided that they wanted to have a competition caution because of the green track. Now, a competition caution is supposed to be a safety-related thing. It's supposed to give people a chance to take a look at their tires now i know that these crew chiefs and crews with nascar are fantastic but i don't know how you can just glance at a tire and know whether you've had too much wear in those first 25 laps so nascar if you're going to make it to where you're going to stop the race to have a competition caution because you're concerned about the tires then make it mandatory for a four-tire change for everybody so you can take a look at the tires. You should not turn a competition caution, which is supposed to be for safety, into a strategy play. So for NASCAR, I think your competition caution rules need changes. So Laurie Monroe, yeah. two very good still-blowing potentials yes. this week. Which one do you choose? Well, since mine was sort of borderline frivolous and just sort of whining on my part, yours it has a little bit more serious edge to it. It's a safety concern. It's legitimate. I really think we should go with yours. It was a tough competition this week. Unlike last week where it was a slam dunk, I think this week is very tough, but I'm not going to argue with Lori Monroe, yeah. so let's blow it up. Yeah. So NASCAR, if you're going to scream about safety for competition cautions, you sure as heck better make everybody change tires so you can take a look at all of the tires and see if you had excessive wear in those 25 laps. And while we're on it, you're turning the pit road safety into strategy as well with everybody trying to game the speed limit. How about an absolute speeding penalty thing? These should not be part of the competition. These should be all about safety. So NASCAR, your still has been blown up. You've heard it from us and it's time to make some changes. You're listening to the NASCAR segment on the final inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the final inspection. 105.7 FM, the fan, Dennis and Lori talking NASCAR and Lori, lots of things in the NASCAR news this week. The big reaction by some of the uh, NASCAR fan base to the scantily clad Monster Girls, but NASCAR announced Monster Girls won't be changing their outfits. Should they? Why should they? I When I first heard this, I thought, oh, God, what are they wearing? What are they not wearing? And then, of course, you see the pictures, and you think, these girls have more clothes on than half the other women at the track. I don't understand it. I really don't get it. Look back to, look back to when Linda Vaughn was the girl. She wore 
very revealing close, as did several of the others. And yeah, there's been an evolution with with the different attire with the sprint girls and their fire suits and stuff. But, you know, any short track you've ever been to anywhere around the country or any racetrack that you've ever been to where there's automotive racing, there are trophy girls or, or women in some capacity as either fan liaisons or whatever you want to call them. And their attire varies from bikinis to you know, basically wearing burlap bags. So what is the difference? What is the big outcry over these monster energy girls? They're attractive women. Sure, they're wearing skin tight, almost painted on outfits. Their they're, they're complete legs are covered from their waist to their ankles. They have these bustier type tops. So what? Go to an Oktoberfest in October at any time. It's what those uh, frow lines look like. So I really don't understand what the outcry is. Look around. Look at look in the stands at uh, half the half of what women are wearing. These girls look good. They're all. It, it's like a, a match team of horses pulling a cart. They all look the same. They're attractive. There's nothing wrong with them. They're, they look professional in the capacity that they're meant to look. Also in the news, Dale Earnhardt Jr. says, if I win the title, I might hang it up. Yeah, I heard that as well. And I also heard uh, there's going to be a, well, I already saw it, the interview with him and Amy with uh, Marty Smith prior to the Daytona 500. And he goes on about he just doesn't know when he's going to quit. He doesn't know. He's not sure. He just wants to race. He doesn't know. He doesn't want to predict anything. He's just happy to be back racing. And then I heard this yesterday or the day before about if he wins the championship, he's going to hang it up. I quite frankly think that was sort of an off-the-cuff statement. Somebody asked him, and he just, oh, if I, it's, it's short of saying, I'm going to go to Disneyland. So I really don't know. It, as a Dale Jr. fan, I think it'd be awesome if he won the championship and walked away and, and lived his own life. But listening to him talk about how passionate he is about racing again, I understand he's going to sort of make a decision about re-signing with Hendrick after he figures out how he feels being back in the race car. But for him just to say, I'm going to quit after I win a championship, I don't know if he would. And I don't think he would. But, you know, the reality is he's closer to the end of his career than he is to the beginning of his career. Very true. And boy, did he look good on Thursday night out there. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, he he was in awesome form. He really was. Also in the news, how about this? Mr. Glenn Woods, and I have to show him the respect by calling him Mr. Glenn Woods, his 71st straight speed weeks. Will anyone ever beat that record? Never. Who's Glenn Woods? Because I've always known him as Mr. Wood. It's not plural, Michelson. You got to just snap out of this. Just snap out of it. But the famous Wood Brothers, this sport, if they ever leave, this sport will never be the same. Yeah, they got to hang around. You know, they. I, I know John Wood is sort of in the in the background there, but they got to at least, they got to keep it going. Also in the news, Cars 3 will be coming out shortly and teaming up with NASCAR all season. Will that attract 
new younger fans to the sport? No. I don't see it either. <laughs> I really don't. I don't get it. I, I really don't. But the first Cars movie was fantastic. So, yeah, it's the same typical thing. Oh, we've had a successful movie. Let's make 310,000 additional movies of the same. We're going to have like Rocky 78 soon. So I don't understand why every day there has to be a new Cars movie and putting such merit on its probability of bringing entire generations of new NASCAR fans. I really am curious. Have they ever done a survey how many fans got on board with NASCAR after watching the movie Cars or any of these movies, Days of Thunder, any movie? I wonder how many new NASCAR fans did that really garner for the sport? I don't think any. You know, I, I'd I think say it's 15. Yeah, I think it's good exposure. It's good that, you know, you're in the news, but I don't know if there's much of a crossover or if there is. Those people might tune in, watch it one week, and then might just decide this isn't their cup of tea. I'm just not sure how the crossover was. <laughs> I be. thought it was animated. Yeah, exactly. Those are real cars out there, and they're not talking. <laughs> exactly. Also in the news, Martin Truex Jr., A.J. Allmendinger, and Chris Boucher all failed post-race inspection after their yeah. qualifying races, and they'll start in the back. Should NASCAR lighten up on the rules a little bit, or is this what we're going to see all year long, or a lot of uh, guys failing post-race tech? I want to see it all year long. After last night watching Refuse to Lose, or whatever night it was on with uh, that show that Ray Evernham filmed all during 1997 for the Daytona 500 and leading up to it, I am even more determined to, I, I just hope, that more more crew chiefs, engineers, m more of these people become the future innovators of our sport because what Evernham did was a thing of beauty during his tenure at Hendrick. So anytime any of these teams, any of these crew chiefs want to uh, sort of work within a gray area, try and find as big an advantage as they can even if they got to use red herrings here and there, I just think it's a fabulous thing. That's what made the sport, and that's what keeps it. That's what keeps it so exciting. You just don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen from week to week. So these innovators have just. Uh, I I could care less how many guys get fined or sent to the back because they tried. Isn't that what this sport is about? Is trying your very best to to get an advantage. You would think, but in yeah. today's world, we just don't seem to respect that innovation as well as we used to. Well, the field is all set for tomorrow's great American race, the Daytona 500. Laurie Monroe, who are you picking to win the big race? I really have to stick with Joey Logano. I picked him for the Clash. And I just really think that uh, – I just think he's going to do a heck of a job. I, you see what happens to Junior. Nobody wants to race with him. I don't get it because if you're hanging on to Junior, you're going to be up at the front with him. Pass him on the last lap. Why do they hang him out to dry all the time? But 
in my heart, I hope Junior does just for his return to the sport, but I really am going with Logano again. And I'm going to pick Dale Earnhardt Jr. just to kiss up to Junior Nation. You're listening to (laughs) 105.7 FM, The Fan, The Final Inspection. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.